Outliers, The Story of Success by Malcolm Gladwell, Episode 65. Malcolm Gladwell takes us on an intellectual journey through the world of outliers, the best and the brightest, the most famous and the most successful. He asks the question, what makes high achievers different? His answer is that we pay too much attention to what successful people are like and too little attention to where they are from. That is, their culture, their family, their generation, and their idiosyncratic experiences of their upbringing. Along the way, he explains the secrets of the software billionaires, what it takes to be a great soccer player, why Asians are good at math, and what made the Beatles the greatest rock band. This is Chris Similiars from the website thelifebalance.com take on the best book bits he found worth capturing. If you like what you hear, I strongly suggest you buy the book using the link in the description. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of Outliers. Part 1. Opportunity. Number 1. Unacknowledged handicaps rooted in arbitrary cutoff dates. Gladwell notes how a staggering proportion of professional hockey players are born January to March, which those born later in the year growing less and less frequent. The reason? In school, the cutoff of the team selection is January 1st, meaning that kids who are born early in the year can be up to a year older than those born later in the year. When you are very young, this kind of difference is huge in terms of physical maturity. The effect, however, is cumulative. Because in the January-March kids do well early, from the very beginning they are put in the A-teams and given more coaching and more hours of practice, which leads to the next key point about success. Number two, the 10,000 rule. This is probably the premise that Gladwell is most well-known for. The idea that pretty much everyone who is really good at something has practiced that something for about 10,000 hours. Yet perhaps the more nuanced version of this argument is that people who had the opportunity to practice this amount of time are those who had frequently gone on to success. Because when opportunity came their way, they already had the requisite skills. A great example of this is Bill Gates, whose success is often regarded as a result of him being a great programmer and a shrewd businessman, to be fair. Yet what is less known about Gates attended the only middle school in the United States with a computer terminal which allowed him as an 8th grader to rack up the kind of hours of programming practice which, in 1968, was usually found in PhD students. Bill Joy, the creator of programming language Java, had a similar story. He was so far ahead of the game that during the oral exams for his PhD, he made a particular complicated algorithm on the fly that so stunned his examiners that one of them later compared the experience to Jesus confounding his elders. Number three, the timing of the economic and technological change. Once again, looking at the birth dates of highly successful tech entrepreneurs, Gladwell notes a pattern. This time it becomes apparent that these guys were born at just the right time to take advantage of the personal computing revolution. Their success, to a huge degree, came from being born at a time when new technology was emerging. Their success was not just their own making, it was a product of the world in which they grew up. Number four, intelligence only gets you so far. This section revolves around the Terman study, which tracked hundreds of students who scored as geniuses on IQ tests as children, and then noted how successful they ended up being. Turns out they were pretty average. But there's a catch. The relationship between success and IQ works only up to a point. Once someone has reached an IQ of somewhere around 120, having an additional IQ points doesn't seem to translate to any measurable real-world advantage. The key point in terms of being successful 
is that you don't have to be the most intelligent. You simply have to have enough intelligence. The second component of success, once you are over the IQ threshold, is that Gladwell refers to as practical intelligence, which includes things like knowing what to say to whom, knowing when to say it, and knowing how to say it for a maximum effect. General intelligence and practical intelligence are orthogonal, e.g. the presence of one doesn't imply the presence of the other. Gladwell cites a study analyzing the parental approaches of low-income versus middle-income families and asserts that practical intelligence is to a large degree the product of a middle-class style of nurturing, which gives children a more sense of entitlement. This is not entitlement in a negative sense of the world, but rather the trait which allows people to successfully navigate complex social situations, systems, and bureaucracies. Number five, the type of work you do and your parents did matters. Discussing work, Gladwell states his truism. These three things, autonomy, complexity, and a connection between effort and reward, are the qualities that work has to have if it is to be satisfying. Work that fulfills these three criteria is meaningful. Critically, certain households have historically specialized in such work. Gladwell cites Jews working in the garment trade, by the way, of example. This has a big impact on children. The most important consequence of the miracle of the garment industry, though, that was to happen to children growing up in these homes where meaningful work was practiced. If you work hard enough and assert yourself and use your mind and imagination, you can shape the world to your desires. So far in Outliers, we've seen that success arises out of the steady accumulation of advantages. When and where you were born, what your parents did for a living, and what circumstances of your upbringing were all make a significant difference in how well you do in the world. The question for the second part of Outliers is whether the traditions and attitudes we inherit from our forebearers can play the same role. Part 2. Legacy. Number 1. Culture doesn't go away with time and or changing environments. Those who come from cultures where people are, say, quicker to anger when suffering a perceived slight of disrespect, such as the southern states in the USA, which retain such traits. This remains true even if they grow up in different locations and are far removed from their original roots. Number two, cultural power, distance impacts decision making, even at critical moments. Gladwell presents his finding from studies in the causes of plane crushes and shows that the Hostafords concept of power distance is critical as accidents often occur where co-pilots from cultures with a high power distance, i.e. unwilling to challenge superiors, were far more likely not to challenge poor decisions. Number three, linguistic and agricultural legacy has a huge impact. The logical structure of numbers in languages like the Japanese and the Mandarin, as well as the ability to say numbers faster, is presented as one of the reasons why Asians are better at mathematics. Furthermore, Countries with a legacy of rice growing, which requires a far greater level of input, concentration and hard work, are shown to continue to apply that work ethic with regards to studying. No one who can rise before dawn, 365 days a year, fails to make his family rich. Chinese proverb. Countries whose students are willing to concentrate and sit long, enough to focus on answering every single question in an endless questionnaire are the same countries whose students do the best job in solving math problems. Number four, 
If you make kids work harder, they do better. Gladwell presents information showing that the reasons why poor kids do worse in school is largely due with how little time they spend studying outside of school, rather than the commonly argued because poor schools suck rhetoric, whereas wealthier kids are encouraged to do things like read, go to the museums, etc. during holidays. Poorer kids tend to be encouraged to do these things less frequently. As a result, every year the gap widens. It is not the brightest who succeed, nor is success simply the sum of the decisions and efforts we make on our own behalf. It is rather a gift. Outliers are those who have been given opportunities and who have the strength and persistence of mind to seize them. That is it. Thanks for watching episode 65, Outliers, by Malcolm Gladwell. Follow us on social media, search us on Instagram and Twitter at BestBookBits. If you like the video, purchase the book on Amazon by clicking the link in the video description. Subscribe to the channel, give me feedback on what you think. And if there is a book you want me to do a summary on, please let us know in the comments below. Thanks for watching, have a great day.